Hey, what's up? Today I have sisters Sarah and Samantha on the show, and they are co-founders and authors of the motivational website, Never Be Average. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. Uh, Today, I have two very lovely special guests with me who go by the name of Sarah and Samantha, and Sarah and Samantha have an amazing um, story to share with us today that I think is going to be very uh, inspiring and also very uh, full of valuable information that we can take and apply to our daily lives. So Sarah and Samantha, thank you first of all for being with me today and how are the both of you doing? Good. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So just for starters, um, I always find it, you know, interesting to talk about uh, the backgrounds of the people that I have on the show. So I think that would be a good starting point for today. Can you just talk about, you know, who you are, uh, where you come from, and and the journey that led you to where you are today? Can I take this? This can be. Yeah. Did you want these individual or for how we got to never be average? Um. Sure. We can do both. Okay, you start then. Um, so, you know, Samantha and I, we both, both grew up in Pleasanton, California, and mm-hmm. it sounds exactly how the title is. It's very pleasant, um, little crime. Uh, you have all these beautiful homes where everything looks so perfect. And we grew up in this in this fantasy world that life is going to be so easy. You're going to, you know, graduate high school, go to college, get married, have the white picket fence, the husband, the kids, and life's perfect. Well, little did we know very quickly, like life got ripped from underneath us. And that's Mm. not a real world. And that's not even the real world in Pleasanton. Mm. You know, I mean, behind all those closed doors, it's not that pretty. Um, And so between the two of us, um, we faced at young ages, you know, marriage, divorce, um, infidelity, betrayal, unhealthy friendships, uh, getting kicked out of college, getting held at gunpoint. And with all of these things that had happened to us at such a young age, it really taught us that it wasn't about what happened to you in life. It's how you respond. Mm. And what's really led us to never be average was it wasn't like all these things that happened to us. We responded great. And that's 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 what led us here is that the way that we responded to um, infidelity or unhealthy friendships or even being held at gunpoint or things like that. We didn't always have the right reaction. We kind of let those situations control us okay. instead of we didn't really control how we responded. So Never Be Average is really a community and a platform that we use to kind of have the conversation that nobody's having and then also to inspire women to come is come as themselves and help the process of healing quicker and then also gain that confidence in that when life happens to you, it's, you know... 10% of what's happens to you and 90% is how you respond. Mm, I love what you were saying there. So what what was it that, you know, made you guys realize that that this was something that you wanted to pursue as far as far as like a mindset thing you talked about it's not what happens to you, but 
how you react you know where did that i guess that um that inspiration or even that knowledge to to understand and realize that you were going about it in a way that wasn't helpful so Sarah and I, you know, we've been through our most traumatic moments together. And I think that really created a bond where we learned how to support one another unconditionally and mm-hmm. through even if we didn't agree with the way the other person was responding, we really learned that support. And then for the last decade, we've both been working in the corporate world um, and then for the last five years of it together. And so we've gone through uh, that journey of like developing through a career together as well as going through the struggles of just being an adult woman in itself. And so about a year and a half ago, we just looked at each other and we thought, you know, we, we're better than this. We were doing really, really well in the corporate world. We were climbing the ladder really fast and mm-hmm. we felt this calling to, there's got to be more. And, and we talked about what we stand for and we realized that we are two women who will never just be average. We realized that life's too short to take things too seriously and to not live in every moment. And it's easier said than done. And through this journey over the last year and a half, we just came to a place where we really felt called to take a leap of faith and leave the paycheck and the security of the corporate world and pursue our dream of changing women's lives. You know what? I think, I think that is awesome that you touched on that. And so you guys are sisters, right? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And, what what was your relationship like with each other growing up? Because I know here you are today and, and you guys are working together. Was it always that way as far as um, just this, this connection with each other? Or is that something that took time and you actually had to put, you know, work and other effort to? You know, it's taken a lot of effort. When we were growing up, we're four years apart. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're four years apart, you kind of have different lives. You know, we never went to school together. Um, she was always that sister I'd never wanted around. It was embarrassing to have her around. And, and I just wanted her to want me around. (laughs) And, you know, we, we left even after when I left, um, after high school, I went away to, to the Pacific Northwest for college. And Mm -hmm. so we didn't even have that relationship. And what really bonded us was the traumatic experiences. Um, you know, my sister, her story and getting held at gunpoint to, you know, when I went through um, affairs with my husband and then divorce, and and it was really that um, sense of person and safe place that really developed the bond. Um, and then that's what's really made us want to make a difference because a lot of people don't have that place of comfort or that safe place that they can go with no judgment, mm-hmm. uh, no criticism. Uh, and so that's really what we're pr- promoting is this platform of women supporting women. And it doesn't mean that you have to be family. Uh, you can find it in multiple different sources, and we're trying to be one of those. And I think the the one place we really came to when we really decided to be to start never be average was we call it the seduction of transparency mm-hmm. because it's something that we all desire so badly to be able to go out with our girlfriends or talk to our family about the things that are going on in our lives and live transparent lives, but. We're so afraid of what everybody's going to think or to get that scarlet letter or that you're going to go tell your best friend, but she's going to go tell another friend behind your back. And so that was what we really wanted to create, this community where women get to come and they get to be honest and be vulnerable and they get to be loved for who they are and learn that they're not alone. Well, I think that's very powerful uh, to hear that. And I just want to focus on that part for a moment, too, that this is something that is about empowering women mm-hmm. and, yes. and and building them up um 
and 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 talking about those personal experiences that you had, you know, with with uh, marriage and divorce, those unhealthy relationships, or even you know being held at gunpoint. Can you just share, you know, some of the background with uh with with each of those? Because I think those are an important thing to um, unpack, just so we can see the the transition from where you started at to to where you are now. Absolutely, I'll share my story real quickly. Um, you know, I met my my ex-husband. I met him at 18 in college mm-hmm. and was your storybook romance. He was your athlete, um, came from a predominant family. Uh, we were in fraternity and sorority. And before we got married, he had come to me and said that he had been unfaithful our entire relationship. And at that moment, I was so ashamed and embarrassed that I didn't tell anybody. And so I went on with the show and I got mm. married. Um, we, his parents bought us a beautiful home and we looked from the outside that we were living this all-American dream life. And from the inside, I was miserable and nobody knew. And so that's one of the, one of the stories I share. That relationship went on for about nine years. Mm. Um, and then there was infidelity within the marriage and things like that and then addictions and, and whatnot. But it wasn't about what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I take away it's 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 how I responded. It's why did I allow myself to continue the behavior and accept that? And it comes down to my own self worth and my own um, confidence, basically. And then and what I realized is the shame of of what I was going through does not outweigh the beauty of standing up for yourself. And so that's kind of was the first point of breakdown for me when I got out of my divorce is a lot of times you think the divorce is going to be the first step to change. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I got out of the divorce and I didn't know myself. Mm. So I ended up having about five years of repeating the cycle of in and out of unhealthy relationships. I'm not setting boundaries in my life. I mean, I never really understood that at the end of the day, I kind of, I had control of how I responded. And that's when I finally realized the power over that. That's when my life changed. Wow, that's, that's powerful. What, and I think there was something there too, when, when you said you finally realized that you had control, what, what was that aha, you know, that happened that made you see that? Because I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with and, and, and not realizing that we have this um, this locus of control over, you know, what we do. Absolutely. Um, you know, there was one morning that I woke up and I literally was like, I never want to feel this way again. Mm-hmm. And so I started, and again, that's just one step. It's not like you wake up and you're like, I never want to feel this way again. And then you, you, you basically have to mourn your old self if okay. you want to not feel that way again. And what happened is I started to dive into self-help books, um, I'd Google self-improvement for articles and things like that. And I would go into them thinking I was going to read about all the people that had done me wrong. Like basically I'd go read and be like, well, these books are going to tell me why everyone else is awful and I'm mm-hmm. actually okay and it's their fault. And what happened was I started to realize, oh my gosh, like these things are me. I have control over these. I'm allowing these things to happen. I don't have healthy boundaries it, it all comes down to me and the control that I have that I haven't, I've been worried blaming everyone else for my circumstance and realizing that it's my own fault. Hmm. And that was kind of my aha moment. And then with that is, you know, I had to drastically change my circle of friends. I had to change my routines. 
um, because you can't repeat the same thing and ex expect a different result. Right. And once I started to do that, it felt good and I became stronger in the process. That is incredible. Yeah, that, that, that self-discovery, I think I always find it so, so powerful and so empowering to be able to say, you know what, I'm taking these things in, in, into my own hand and I'm not place the blame outside in a way, but change my own mindset and the reality of how I view things. So, so thanks for sharing that. And then also Samantha, what, what was, you know, the experiences like for you, you know, you mentioned being held at gunpoint and, and just where you were going in your life. What was that, that thing that finally set you over the edge? And it was like, you know what, you know, no more of this. Let's, let's do something better. So for me, you know, like Sarah said, the, the life we grew up in, mm -hmm. you know, I was the one who always made the right decisions. I always did the right thing. I was very studious in school to go right to college. And, um, you know, because we grew up in a place where there's no, you don't see crime ever except for on TV. You don't think of it that way. So I was away at college and my roommate and I were walking to another apartment and we ended up getting stopped and, and held up at gunpoint. And I had a gun put in my mouth actually. And, uh, my parents came up and moved me home that night and I was, devastated because everything I had planned for my life, which a lot of us do that as we plan everything out in order. Mm -hmm. um, and my life was ripped out. And then Sarah called me the next morning. She asked me to come live up in Washington with her and finish my college up there. And, you know, that was when I made the decision that was not the comfortable decision, but it was time to do something different. And um, after I moved up here, you know, I've, I've been a pleaser my whole life. I've okay. been you know, the type of person who lives life for everybody else's happiness and very controlled by everyone else's sadness as well, especially my family. And so I think for me, the, the big turning or the first beginning of the lessons was, you know, I got married and then trying to, in my first year of marriage was when my sister uh, went through her divorce and mm -hmm. her divorce, it was almost like everybody else decided that it was their divorce and, and she couldn't grieve through that herself. And mm -hmm. so I took, I couldn't have my feelings and I took it upon myself to be the person who had to fix everything. And so for her, she was broken. My parents were broken. I had to fix my family. Their sadness was my sadness. Their happiness was my happiness. And, um, at that time also, I was going into, a a promotion at work into a career that I was going to be taking on employees for the mm -hmm. first time. And so here I was trying to, you know, be everything I could for my sister and my parents and my husband and now my employees. And there was no time left for Samantha. And mm -hmm. I had, I basically had, you know, a near mental breakdown on the verge of, of depression because I couldn't handle it anymore. And I feel very fortunate to have gone through this at a young age um, so that's when I just decided I had to get help. I went to the doctors, I got into therapy, I started reading self-help books. It was, that was my moment where it was like, I can't continue to go on feeling like this anymore. There has to be something better for Samantha. I can't live life for everybody else. Um, and so I took control back. I took control of my life and, and I started doing the things I needed to do to get healthy and right with myself. And, and what I really learned through that was, you know, being a pleaser, you live life for everybody else, but when you're not giving to yourself first, they don't get the best version of you either. Mm. So that's interesting that you said that there, and thank you for sharing that. What, you know, what what was it, I guess, if you kind of shed some insight as to, you know, why um, there was a need to be a self-pleaser? Because I think a lot of us go through, you know, uh, some period of that in our lives when we're... <clears throat> 
wanting to, you know, sacrifice our own happiness for others, what what was it that you found out about your own self discovery that was, you know, you know, having you be that way? Um, honestly, I think a lot of the ways we respond as adults are the way we were raised. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom's a, an amazing, amazing person, but she always lived her life doing everything for everybody else. Okay. And you know, you're you're told, and and growing up in a religious family, you're told to you know always be giving and doing for others that that's the right thing to do, and that that makes you a good person. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just took that on myself. If I was I wasn't a good person if I wasn't always doing for everyone else. But the one person who missed out was Samantha. Mm-hmm. And it was affecting it was affecting my career. It was affecting my marriage. It was affecting my other relationships. And it got to the point, you know, where I just decided that this this can't go on like this anymore. Wow, that's that's powerful that you were able to see that because I think that's an interesting uh a dynamic there as well, where you talk about coming coming to grips that you know there needs to be a change and so did this did this like aha happen around the same time for both of you or was this like one after the other and kind of like came together um as you were going through it it was definitely it's definitely been within the last five years mm-hmm. um, at different points like samantha's breakdown was you know um, pretty close to the beginning of the five years um, and mine came about three years into the five years um, and so it kind of, by the time Never Be Average happened, uh, and that was just the beginning that we didn't even know that we even had right. this passion involved. Like mm-hmm. it just was like an idea. Um, and then it's really involved, but it was, our main purpose was what do we do to help people that are in the same situation and where do we give them a platform or a place to come that are at their breaking point mm-hmm. and everyone hits it sometime in, in their life. Nobody, nobody is excluded from some sort of life lesson basically. And so our, our experience, you know, never be average isn't a platform for us to just talk about ourselves. It's, we share our stories to, um, basically gain ex- basically give us, um, the right, the right to, to give advice. Okay. Uh, but we're not experts. Um, we've done our fair share of research and studying and, and, and in our own, I guess you could say we're our own protege basically, but mm-hmm. um, it's never be average is a, is a place to say we're all, we're all here. It's, it's like-minded um, individuals that can come together that are ready for change basically. I love it. I love it. So let's actually start talking about, you know, never be average. Cause I think that's, it just says it all right there about what it is that you're wanting to do. So what, again, if you could um, unpack it a little bit more about what, what's the, 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 the vision for never be average and, and what, what are you trying to convey to women as far as what, what your, um, I guess your motto is for what you're doing. So we have, uh, we like to call it the triple A effect. That we've learned through our own journey and experience and then also through just the start of Never Be Average. And what we look at it as is, you know, it's awareness, accountability, and action. Okay. And so what that means is, you know, yeah, we're sitting here as women who have come really far, who we're living, we're living very healthy lives. We're still not exempt to the things that can happen to you, but... The reality is, you know, Sarah said everybody gets to their breakpoint point at some, some point in their lives, but that doesn't mean that anything changes for mm. them. 
So it's the awareness of, you know, also, like she said earlier, it wasn't about what had been done to her in her marriage. It was about why she allowed it to continue to happen. So that's the awareness and understanding that you are, you make your own decisions. Nobody makes decisions for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you choose what kind of life you want to live. And so then accountability around it is you are, you are a product of your choices. Uh, It's not about what everybody else is doing to you or what's happening to you. It's about how you react to it. And then the action is taking the right steps to put, to put in the work to get where you want to be. So that's through the therapy and the self-help tools and using motivational platforms like never be average Mm -hmm. uh, to help you get where you want to go in your life because because we believe that you can get there, but it takes a lot of work. That's the oh, reality. Yeah. It, is. it takes a lot of work, but it's worth every single ounce of effort. And we kind of also call it like getting high on self-love. And oh, yeah, that's absolutely. something that women really lack is confidence and self-love. And when you start the journey, it's hard. Like Sarah said, you kind of have to go through this morning process of the old version of yourself. But once you get on the train, you don't want to get off. Right. Absolutely. So there's something there too. Let's talk about that, that building yourself up and getting that, that, that confidence. And as you know, two women who are venturing into, uh, into being entrepreneurs and, and also, uh, sharing what I'll probably, what I like to call is like a a heart centered message because you're communicating with your heart and, and, and wanting to help others you know make their lives better what what was that vision you know here you were you know defeated in a sense but knowing that you could do better for each of you what what was that vision that you saw for yourself as you know Sarah was here and this is where Sarah wants to go or Samantha was at this point and this is what she wanted to be uh, um, later on What, what was that for both of you I think, you know, it comes down to there is so much pressure in the Mm -hmm. society that we live in. And it's not, and and it's ever evolving. Like we're really just in the beginning stage, especially as technology is taken off. off. I feel like there's a new social media outlet that launches like every quarter that's even more public. And there's so many distractions and we have 24 seven um, things at our fingertips to distract us on other people's lives, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of where our breaking point happened was we were so focused on projecting images or so focused on, like, at least for myself, you know, when I came out of um, a, a decade, basically, of my life where chaos was was my comfort zone, um, I realized that I would have my own pity party because I would just think I was behind because I would look at everyone else's lives mm-hmm. out there and they would project perfection. And I'd be like, oh, here I am divorced. I don't have kids yet. Um, I'm in an apartment and, and I gave up my home. And you just feel behind and you're sitting there looking at celebrities or your friends or things. And you're like, oh, I wish I could have their life. Right. When at the end of the day, like you have your own DNA, you have your own purpose. And finding that for me was very um healthy and it was very freeing Mm -hmm. was realizing like I can do something in my life and it may not look like what everyone else's looks like. And that's where never be average is it's a platform that, that has healthy conversations in the sense where you don't have to come to a place like you're not going to come to our website and feel like you're behind or like you're, we're not going to give you like 
10 steps to be happy and it's going to be just all this false reality or, or, you know, the five outfits that Kim Kardashian just wore. And then you feel more (laughs) miserable because you can't wear those outfits. I mean, you're not going to come that it's not a gossip place. It's not, but what you're going to come is you're going to read articles and advice and, and we're going to share our stories um, of real life stuff that makes you walk away and say, okay, like that's tangible. Like that's Mm -hmm. actual my reality. Um, and so that's really where we're never be average, where our heart is and where we speak from the soul is we're, we're part of a movement right now, a self-love movement. And it's even more important because in our faces all the time is perfection right. um, of other people's life. And it's a filtered reality that doesn't exist. And never be average is not a filtered reality. It's reality, but with a lot of confidence and, and self-esteem building around it. Okay. Also, a lot of accountability, too, though. So we, we talk about the things that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And it's like, okay, I don't want to admit that, I, that that might be something I'm struggling with. But it is. So maybe I should look a little more into it. And I think one thing Sarah and I really learned through our journey is is look the process of looking in the mirror initially. Mm-hmm. It's not easy because especially with social media, you know, we portray these lives that it's not really how we feel behind closed doors. And so I think we also want to inspire women to do through self-love and confidence is to find their own identity. Identity. You know, you were created uniquely with your own DNA and it's time to start living life as you and not as everybody else because there's a lot of really wonderful things that we were individually created for that a lot of people never get to experience because they're always living life as somebody else or for the next big thing or hiding in the shadows mm-hmm. and it's, we want women to break free and be who they are and go do something great. That's awesome. You know, I'm loving what, what both of you are saying about what never be average is and, and, and your own personal stories of struggling and, and building your way up to where you are now. And again, it's always a journey, like you both are saying. You know, you don't always have it, ever have it all figured out, but you're continually, you know, working on yourselves. So I think that's a, another point that I would like to talk about is, is it ever too late you know, to start, you know, loving yourself and, and figuring out who you are, because that's always the thing I see is that, you know, time, oh, oh, oh I'm out of time now, you know, this, I wish I would have started doing this earlier, you know, what, what do you say about that? What are your thoughts? Never. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could, I mean, if you could take Samantha and I, for example, um, you know, I'm 32, Samantha's 28. We were in the corporate world. If you were to ask us, do we wish we would have started this and found this passion in our early twenties? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we could be still living at our parents' house and, and it would be so much easier. <laughs> and you, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. and, and our competition is out there doing just that. And so, um, you know, you think it's never too late. And when people, and I've been here, I have so been here where I've thought to myself, I've missed timelines. I'm behind. Well, I might as well just keep going with kind of where I'm at. It's comfortable. Um, But at the end of the day, it's only what you convince yourself. It's not real. Mm -hmm. It's not real. And, um, you know, we all have no one at the end of the day knows their time that's up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never. So it's not even based on age. You just never know. And so it's never too late for change ever. No, that's awesome. I'm glad that you said that because that. That's what I think is special about, you know, never be average. And, and when I talk about, you know, fulfilling life's yearnings and, and being your best by, you know, writing the script of your life to 
whatever you want it to be mm-hmm. and 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 making sure that you take action on those goals that that light you up or or or, or at least you know make you feel good inside about you know what you're doing throughout your day so can we also kind of talk about you know steps or or any tools that that you find helpful to share with your audience or even that you use for yourself that helps you get on this journey of of living a better life um yes First, I would just say one thing that's really important to understand is it is a journey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't wake up and say, I don't want to live like this anymore and then start implementing tools and tomorrow you feel the way you've always wanted to feel that that it's a process. And Sarah and I actually, we just recently published our our first ebook and it's called So What Now? Eight Tools um, to Help You Start Living Your Best Life Now. And and what we do is we share our personal stories and we share eight tools or or steps towards the journey of falling in love with yourself and becoming your best self and, you know, finding your voice and breaking free from regret and removing negative influences out of your life. And, you know, we talk about it's not, it's not an easy process, but if you can just implement a few little things every day into your life. And we give those tools and those examples in the book. And, you know, even Sarah and I, we still are doing it every single day. It's never going to stop. Just like I said, we're not exempt from life happening. Mm-hmm. That's why it's, it's 90% how you react. That's how it has to be. Not, not 90% what happens to you. And so, um, we do have that resource, which is great. And then also, you know, we talk about with social media, you know, when you get up instead of scrolling through your newsfeed, if that makes you feel like you're behind, get up and find a motivational article and take control of your day and get ready to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much like, you know, when you go to the gym, you have all, like a lot of times, like after, let's say, New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. you go to the gym. So a New Year's resolution would be so, okay, I want to get fit. It's the same thing. Like, oh, I want to change. I want to be happy. And what happens is we go zero to 60 and we expect the results to come right away. And then we give up because it doesn't happen like that. Right, right. But if you do apply maybe one to three different things in your daily routine that you weren't doing before, eventually you're going to see the results and then it's going to be easier to add on. And then you become kind of addicted to it. You're like, mm. okay, but you have to, you, it, it's a process. And that's where, you know, in our book, So What Now is it's eight steps that are simple, they're applicable, but you'll, once you start applying those, you're not going to want to turn back. Like you just won't. It feels too good. No, I love hearing you say that. So I don't want to have you guys give them all the way, but is there one or two (laughs) in particular um, that stand out in your mind that you can discuss? Can I take it? Yeah. I think, um, I think a, a big one for me mm-hmm. personally is uh, was the uh, we talk about investing in yourself. So okay. the t- the things that you can do each day to invest in yourself. Because like I told you, I was Samantha who was living life for everybody else, mm. and I realized I had these needs and I didn't know how to take care of them. So investing in yourself are things like getting into therapy and reading self help books and. Uh, following motivational people, getting in the gym, spending, you know, making time out of your day just for yourself. And, you know, we all spend this life feeling like there's not enough time in the day. But reality is we all have the same 24 hours and you prioritize what's important to you. So it's learning how to prioritize yourself first before everyone else. Okay. And then another one, another chapter that we talk about that I think, you know, no one's really exempt from is setting healthy boundaries in your life. And Mm -hmm. that's, That's with family, 
friends, um, even in career, uh, your own time, but really understanding what boundaries look like and why they're so important. And a lot of times people view boundaries as very being very selfish, mm-hmm. but they're actually pretty much the most healthy thing that you can ever do to become more selfless. Okay. So let's unpack, unpack that one just for a moment too, because I think that that is a really good point as far as setting those boundaries in relationships. Do you have insight, I guess, as to why people don't, you know, set these boundaries in their relationships from the get go? And then also, what does it look like to do that? Okay. Um, so one of the things here, I'll give you another little sneak peek of another chapter because they kind of go together, <laughs> um, is it's knowing your weakness. Okay. Knowing your weakness is the key to everything because no, when you understand your weakness, whether it be um, shopping, whether mm-hmm. it be um, your need for attention from a man, whether it be um, your need for recognition in a career, uh, just anything that would, would allow you to basically not have boundaries and let people walk all over you and in turn, you're not putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. And so in setting healthy boundaries in your relationships and things like that is you got to really understand yourself. And then those boundaries are your kind of your non-negotiables. Okay. And once you have those, people start to really respect you and they're not that difficult. They're hard at first, especially if you're not somebody that sets boundaries normally and you start to place boundaries on people. People are like, oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually you gain respect and then it's just what you allow and what you won't allow in your life, basically. And again, it's that you're in control now and it, it's, a di- it's a difficult step. But once you can really understand what your weak points are, and, and how you have to set boundaries so that you're not, you can't tap into those. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, know your weakness because the enemy does. And I truly believe that. Um, and so the key is understanding your weakness and then setting really healthy boundaries around those. Okay. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and did you find, you know, that it was difficult for you, you know, to do that? Or was this something that, again, just took? You know, you took baby steps until it came came to a point where it was comfortable enough to add this to, you know, all areas of your life. Uh, You know, for me, I was somebody who had an extreme lack of boundaries in my life. And Mm -hmm. uh, what I learned through my self-help journey is typically there's two type people who have no boundaries or people who walk all over everyone else's boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's finding the happy medium between the two. And for me, it was about finding my voice. I think that, you know, when you ask why do a lot of people not set boundaries initially in their relationship is because they're afraid of using their voice or they don't even know where it is or what it sounds like. So that's another part of investing in yourself is finding your voice and using your voice. And that's how you set healthy boundaries. And for me, when I started to set them, Uh, It was very difficult because I am so used to saying yes all the time. And so people who were close to me, you know, they were the used to the asking you shall receive from Mm -hmm. Samantha. And so although, you know, the people closest to me loved me, they were used to being able to have me do whatever they asked for me. And it's easy for them to take advantage of that. And that's not their issue. That's my issue for allowing them to do that. And so coming to the place where you know your self-worth and you just start to put your foot down, but it's hard. It's really, really hard. And you just have to start with one little thing at a time. You can't jump in and all of a sudden you're placing boundaries on everybody. Right. Watch out. Samantha's here. <laughs> you, do, you do have to do it in baby steps. Okay. And so I think that's also something fascinating about when you start putting these things out into your life. What, 
what were those outside changes that started happening you know to the people around you and I, cause I think that can also probably be a fear that some people could have is like oh maybe I'm going to lose this person or 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 etc you know whatever fears we can come up with what what does that look like and and is that something that's part of the process you know letting people go bringing new people into your life can you talk about those things Yes. I mean, at first, it's just like when you set any goal or any task and you go mm -hmm. straight to the end point and you think, oh my gosh, like I, that sounds, I'm going to offend too many people. Like I'm going to lose this friend because they really like this hobby that I'm about to give up. Or, um, you know, maybe you have a friend that's just so negative and all they, you know, what you have in common is gossip and <laughs> bringing other people down. And you, once you start investing in yourself, you're like, you know, like stop judging. And, and why are we judging people? We're only judging people because it makes our own self feel better. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of is a natural process where it just, it kind of has to happen. Okay. As you change, you can't have the same environment and then expect you to change in it. And you're a reflection of your environment and you're definitely a reflection of your friendships. And when you start bettering yourselves, you're going to naturally attract like-minded individuals. And then you're going to really realize that some people just don't add value in your life. And again, this is your journey. This is your life. Like you, you again, say those healthy boundaries where it's not selfish to want to be better and positive and more motivating. And if people don't want to get on the train and, and change with you, then, then they got to take the next bus stop. And, mm -hmm. and that's kind of where it's at. And this applies to both family and friends, correct? Absolutely. And relationships. Mm -hmm. We always say, you know, no matter what, friendship, family, um, relationships, you know, a relationship is a privilege. It's not a right. It doesn't even matter if you birthed me. Like, mm -hmm. you, you have to earn it, you know. And, and that's hard sometimes. And I think a lot of us struggle, especially with that family boundary and wanting to please them and, and make the decisions. But at the end of the day, you know, a relationship is a privilege and, and both parties have got to bring 100%. No, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, because that's why I asked because that, that was always one of the things. It's like, what do you do with, you know, family members, people, people that are supposed to, I guess, uh, love you no matter what and accept you. But so thanks for shedding light on the fact that, you know, they too also have to, you know, be, be getting better and, and, and being a valuable part of your life and, and earn yes. that respect and trust and, and continue to build that relationship as, as people. Yeah. Because family, you know, family, that's, that's, that's some of the biggest voices in your head is your family. Mm -hmm. And, but that could be the biggest thing that drives you down or holds you back because sometimes, you know, your family has a certain path or a plan for you and that wasn't your destiny or your purpose or your calling. And you got to understand the difference between the two that, um, you know, there becomes a time where you, you got to spread your wings and, and become who you were designed to be. And, and your family's got to learn how to support you. And if they can't, you love them from afar. And, and if you can't, they get to enjoy the, or if they can, they get to enjoy the ride with you. Absolutely. So I'm curious to move into some, you know, more relationship um, talking with the both of you, because I know that's uh, a big part of of what you're working on with uh, never be average. Um, what, as far as relationships, you know, from from your perspectives, is is how, and we can talk about this either. Uh, yeah, let's do significant others, and cause I think that's something that's you know always prevalent uh, to discuss. How do you find you know that that right person, if you will, or 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 set that 
that intentional purpose and, and finding someone who respects you for who you are and you're not having to lose yourself in the process of trying to uh, develop that relationship with someone else. So again, it always comes back to you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I think people go out with the mindset, and Sarah and I have both also been here, with the mindset of, of what you're looking for and that those are non-negotiables. And it's definitely um, important to have set expectations, you know, and minimal things that are requirements. But it's also important to just continue to work on bettering yourself. And when you do that, you're going to attract the type of person who is going to respect you for that, who is going to love you for that. Um, And you're not, when you settle for anything less than that, you're not loving yourself enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think what's hard, and Sarah talked about her journey about how everything looks so perfect on the outside. And, you know, that's a big set expectation from society, which includes, you know, our parents, our schools, the churches, the way we're raised is a set expectation of these things on a list that we should have. And those things don't necessarily lead towards a happy, fulfilled relationship with your significant other. And I think one thing that's important is understanding yourself, investing in yourself, and then also understanding that no one's perfect. So when you get into a relationship, you know, you don't settle for being treated less than your worth, but you also have to come into it in a place where you understand that everyone has faults and you have to love the other person for those as well. Absolutely. So I I saw that you had an article where you talk about you know, how, how to stop picking the wrong guy. And I guess that can go both ways as well. How does, how does that play into, you know, um, setting up those boundaries or, or is it a different way that you're, um, uh, focusing on when you're picking the wrong guy or, and how do you stop doing that? Well, one of the main things is like we talk again is repeating the cycle. It's Mm -hmm. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so if you approach dating, the same way that you every single time you're going to get the same results. And a lot of times what we mean by this is we go in with with set expectations, whether it's a certain checklist that you want them to have, whether it be money or or a career or whatever. Um, if you're always looking for that same thing, you're going to get the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or if it's, you know, your need for attention or you go into the relationship and you just need to be validated very quickly, well, then people can sniff that out really quick. You can tell that, you know, they need validation and and they're going to, you know, get what they need. But then at the end of the day, they can see there's no like self-respect and things like that. Um, And then there's also moving too quickly. If you're somebody that, that always goes into um, dating and it's like third date and you're like, yep, I already know we're going to get married. We're going to have kids. And, and, you know, we're texting all the time and, and we spend every day together and you just move too quickly well, you have to look at if that's how you've always approached every time, you're going to get the same result. And mm-hmm. so then it's coming, stepping back is, you know, why do I move too quickly? Is it because I feel like I'm on a timeline and that I need to catch up and I'm mm-hmm. just so eager for it? Understanding that or your need for validation is, you know, every time, you know, I, I basically put myself out there um, and, and how that's projected. or And so when we talk about stop picking the wrong guy is, again, it comes down to you is – what you got to look at your past behaviors and then you got to see, you know, what do I keep doing? And then you got to figure out how to do something differently. And then, you know, it really, the key to everything to, to not picking the wrong guy is the more that you are in tune with yourself, meaning, cause you can pick, you can pick a really nice guy, but he may be wrong for you because mm-hmm. you might not have 
the same hobbies or, or the same likes or things like that. So we're not just saying like douchebags. Right. We're just saying like you keep picking somebody that's not for you. But it's because you don't know yourself. And once you really start investing in yourself and you know what you want, what your true desires are, and then what your non-negotiables are, but what you're also willing to compromise with, when you really understand your core, the right guy's going to come around because you're going to weed through them really quick. And then you're going to, you're just going to naturally attract what you are putting out basically. Mm, absolutely. So thanks for sharing that too. And the other thing that, that, I, that I feel is really big to, to bring up, especially from, from a, a woman's perspective is, or just a person perspective in general is that, that uh, self-confidence or, 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 or dealing with self-image, how, how or what um, is it that you guys do for, for uh, Never Be Average or uh, spreading your message that, that really addresses those issues of, of how people look at themselves and being uh, confident and, and, and loving themselves for who they are? I think that that's, you know, everything we talk about with the pressures from social media or the mm -hmm. pressures from childhood um, or not having your own identity and that getting to a place of understanding that you were created to look just like you, mm -hmm. not to be anybody else. And so for me growing up, you know, being four years behind Sarah, and she was she was the popular girl. She was beautiful. Everybody wanted to know her. And I was just kind of the average younger sister. And so I grew up looking at her and admiring her and just living in her shadow, essentially. And that was okay because I was still at least Sarah's sister. I still got credit for that. You know, I was Sarah's sister. and She got so much attention for, for the way she looked. And I never did, but that was okay in my mind because I was in the shadow. And then I get to college and I join a sorority and I'm still kind of the average girl in the sorority. The rest of the girls have all this designer stuff and they're getting all this attention, but at least I was in that sorority, right? And so then over time, that really builds up. For me, it wasn't even necessary, necessarily an insecurity, but it was an acceptance of mm -hmm. not standing out as Samantha. Okay. And as I went through, you know, you radiate on the outside what you are on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so, you know... Somebody can be the most beautiful model in the entire world, but if she opens her mouth and she's a bitch, essentially, right. she's not as attractive anymore. And when I went through my self-love journey, and again, it's all about that investing in yourself, taking the time, reading self-help books, you know, getting into therapy if that's your things, going through motivational things, when you learn that you were created for a specific purpose on your own. You feel beautiful and you radiate that. And I've become this person over the last five years who now when I look in the mirror, I don't see a shadow. I see an incredibly beautiful soul who stands for something, who has purpose, who's out there trying to change women's lives, mm -hmm. who's just as beautiful as anybody else. You know, I love that you shared that. And, and, and when I hear the both of you speak, you know, I, I just... I just see the beauty that you both hold and and and, and the passion and what you're both doing. And I, and I think that's awesome uh, what the both of you are doing and being able to you know, do this together as, as sisters. I think that's amazing and, and something that doesn't get enough you know, recognition as, as what we can do when we come together, especially with someone yes. as a family member. And I think that just yes. makes it very special um, for the both of you. So I was wondering if you could address, like, what is it like, you know, working in such a, a, a close uh, capacity with one another now and, and spreading this movement and, and just going through 
I guess, the ups, up and downs of, of being entrepreneurs. Yes. So I'll share. Um, so Samantha and I, before we took this leap of faith, we mm-hmm. actually just left our corporate job four months ago. Wow. And we um, were both um, branch managers for a large financial institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, we left, it was going to be one of our best performing years. Um, so we left about six months before the bonuses were going to hit. So everyone thought we were crazy. Like, how could you even do this? Right. Um, and in that process, um, we moved in together and we didn't just move in together. The two of us, Samantha has been married for how many years? Almost six years. Almost six okay. years. I'm engaged. And so four grown adults have moved in together. We gave up our comfy lifestyles of living separately for this dream wow. and, um, and then had to very much change our lifestyle as well um, to make this happen. And so that alone is different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's a lot of change and there's a lot of struggle. But at the end of the day, um, it comes down to the bigger picture. And it comes down to the sacrifice now for the, for the dream later, basically. And what, what keeps Samantha and I going is the emails that we get from women or the connections that we make with women and, um, you know, the platforms that we're now on separate from never be average and the, and the networking that we've made. And, and it's, that's what makes the lows of the sacrifice because you have to have the sacrifice worth it in the end is because of the difference that we're going to be making. That is incredible to hear that. And I think it's the same for me too, as far as a, a, a moving forward and, and continuing the podcast and just being able to see, you know, the, the positive impact that it, that it has on others. And even for me, cause I'll just enjoy talking with others who are inspired to, you know, you know, have this positive impact on the lives of those around him so we can make this world, you know, a, a happier, uh, peaceful place. So I think that's awesome what both of you are doing. And again, thank you for, you know, coming on with me today. I have, you know, two final questions and yeah. however, however, where you want to answer them. Um, the first one is moving forward. What, what is the call to action uh, what that you would advocate to the women, men, uh, whomever's listening in today. And then the second, and I'd be curious to hear um, from both of you on this one is, what would be your own definition of fulfilling life's yearnings? So I would say the call to action for, you know, women or even men listening to this, because it's just the same for them, is, is to choose yourself. Mm-hmm. And once you choose yourself, and you make that conscious decision, and then you start implementing all the tools, uh, no matter where you're at in your journey, no matter how old you are, once you decide to choose yourself, you will start living the life you were designed to live. And that's what's saying, even for what Sarah and I are doing right now, you know, we, even for our career, now that we've made this change, we are sacrificing so much to be here for this big vision to go Mm -hmm. out and change people's lives. I mean, our vision is big. We want to be touring the world's, you know, changing lives and we're sacrificing so much now, but we're so happy in the midst of all of it because we've chose ourselves and we've chose to better ourselves and to continue this journey and to spread love out into the world and put positive out there. And that doesn't mean that everybody's supposed to choose themselves and, and then go out and change the world. You know, Mm -hmm. you can do that right where you're at. And so I would say our, our call to action would be Choose yourself and then start implementing the steps to get where you want to go. Definitely. And then I would say for fulfilling life's 
you know, journey basically, or your own happiness, yearnings. Oh, yearnings, yearnings, you said, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, is, and finding your happiness is removing anything that steals your joy. That whether it be relationships, friendships, career, habits, um, whatever it is, is get to know yourself and in tune that anything that steals your joy, remove it out of your life. And once you start doing that, happiness just comes. You can't expect to live a negative or a positive life with negative influences in it, basically. And so that would be my advice to fulfillment is, you know, fill things that that bring out the joy in you. I love it. And what about you, Samantha? Um, I would say the same. It's again, Mm -hmm. choose yourself. And even for, it's easy, it's easy to say, you know, to get the, choose the things that fulfill you. But that really starts with you. I mean, when, when you're so lost in being someone who you weren't created to be, and Sarah and I have both been there, you don't even really know what you want or who you are anymore, those kind of things. And that's where you have to make that conscious decision that says, I don't want to feel like this anymore because you know in your heart that there has to be something better. Mm -hmm. So when you make that decision and that's whatever it is for your life's journey, along that journey, you really figure out what it is that you want Mm. for your life, what your real life yearnings are. And so, so that's choose yourself. And what Sarah said, the, the negative influences is you'll never be able to do that when you have negative influences around you. Awesome. So thank you for sharing that. And there is one more thing that I that I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to discuss is, is again, you, you mentioned that vision of, of where you guys are wanting to go. Uh, moving forward, you know, how can we, you know, see what you're up to in the world and, and just be able to plug into what you have going on and just continue to get this valuable information that you both provide? Absolutely. Um, well, one is we have our website, neverbeaverage.com, where you mm-hmm. can subscribe. Um, and you're on our email list, which we love chatting with our subscribers. We give them exclusive details, behind-the-scenes stuff of what we're working on. Um, and then, of course, we have all of our social media handles. If you, um, We have our Facebook fan page, we have Twitter, and we have Instagram. And basically type in Never Be Average, and we'll pop up, up in each one of those three things. So like those and um, you know, we love interacting with our community and then there's always our email. We mm-hmm. answer all emails that we get, um, at, in, at info, never Again, you can find that on our website. So there's multiple different ways to connect with us. And again, Samantha and I are here, um, uh, in, in hopes of, in building a community. It, it's, it's not our platform. It's, we use the platform to inspire and encourage people to come join us. Oh, and I love that you said that. And what what do you guys have coming up, uh, I guess, for the rest of this year or, or something that you want us to look out for in the near future? So you can find us. Um, we're contributing writers for the Indie Chicks, mm-hmm. um, the Good Men's Project, uh, Mind Body Green. We contribute writing for them. Um, we have, we're really excited. We're going to go home for 14 days over the holiday, and we're going to be speaking to about um, five different high schools. So we're going to talk to some high school students about, you know, not being average and, and building that self-confidence and, and all that good stuff. So again, follow us on all our social media stuff and subscribe to our website and you can see what we're up to. That's awesome. So thanks for sharing those. And again, I will include all of that in today's show notes. 
Uh, that was Sarah and Samantha. Thank you so much for coming on, fulfilling life's yearnings with me today and, and sharing your story, your, your journey, your struggles, and, and, and your highs about what it is that you're doing um, to, to fulfill your own yearnings and, and to help others and guide them to, to bring out the light that's inside of all of us. So, again, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the homepage, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.